Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Get ready, carbon-based units, as we embark on our ongoing mission to boldly go where we've gone a few times before, but this time on the big screen and with whales. Leonard Nimoy takes the helm as we start our voyage home in Star Trek IV on Normies Like Us. I think he did a little too much LDS. LDS. Mm. Hello, computer. Excuse me, uh, we are looking for nuclear weapons. Damn it, do you want an acute case on your hands? Watch, watch where you're going, you dumbass! Well, a double dumbass on you! You heard it up top. Do, 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 do. We are boldly going where we have gone four times before that's right because we're talking star trek for the voyage home the four star trek motion picture here on normies like us with your host uh colin chikov mm, i'll be um dr mike coy and this is captain jock i'm back again <laughs> it's jock, jock again hooray yeah. yes this yes time. Star Trek for the voyage home. It's kind of like, wow. what a journey. Uh, we'll get into the review proper, but I do want to throw out, you know, we just had a Comic-Con and Colin, you think you could fill us in? I think you, uh, you were lucky enough to be uh, beamed into San Diego in person, right? I beamed down. Um, I walked amongst uh, a bunch of aliens that I'd never seen before. No, I mm-hmm. will say cosplay wise, you know, as you're walking around, looking around, uh, but Ca- Captain Jean-Luc Picard has truly done a service for bald people. Has wow, bald nerds. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it that's is, the go-to it is for bald people. Yeah. The number of people you see doing a cool Patrick Stewart where you're like, you look great. Your outfit's incredible. You know, the sweater kind. You got the badge. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of Star Trek stuff. There was the the actually the Paramount Plus booth. Um, oh, cool. Which nice. was... As good as the app, I would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's not a good review. I did see a photo you sent of the whole Star Trek like lounge thing, and that looked kind of interesting. Um, They had a pop-up off-site that was dope as hell. I was high-fiving everybody outside. We couldn't actually fucking get inside. It was all Strange New World things uh, themed, of course. Oh, yeah. I was telling Jacob right before you got on mic, I... Fully went down the rabbit hole of I'm a Star Trek fan. I'm seeking out Star Trek merch. Wow. I got this shirt, which I love. Oh, Trek Strange. I like that a lot. Yeah, so, nice. Pro uh, uh, Strange New Worlds. You got to support it. A great uh, booth, Heroes Within, that makes Star Trek merch and they donate some of the proceeds to charity. So very cool. Wow. And it's all like awesome wow. shirts and coats and stuff. I was you guys just. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, if you're watching the video version, you guys both have your Star Trek shirts. I don't, as much as I'm a fan of Star Trek, I do not own a single Star Trek shirt. I have a hat and like, you know, a model ship, but uh, I'm in the market. So what's what's that uh, company again, Colin, for the folks at home? Heroes Within. uh, And and, uh, get some cool shirts. They've got, you know, this in every color, blue and red, of course, because you got to go the core three. Um, Mm -hmm. They've got these like... They got the pike fucking yellow, yeah. dude. You know I'm rocking. Uh huh. Command, baby. Um, you know they've got these like one of a kind shirts that are like hand drawn, like members of the OG, like a ye- yellow Sulu shirt, like a blue mm. Spock shirt. Um, mm-hmm. 
other stuff. Got a next generation pin, so I've got my like little like thing I can put on and act like I'm like you know, calling to my crew. Yeah, nice. yeah, nice. that's so cool. So oh, yeah. Yes. yes. You mentioned uh, Picard cosplay. Did you see any of the uh, Strange New Worlds uniforms or anything like that? I saw a lot of number ones. I saw a lot of ladies mm. rocking a sweet, that style top with some black pants, which is okay. just a super yeah. easy cosplay to do. Una is a cool character, right? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. That's, that's cool. You get a lot of number ones. I'm glad there's um, Strange New Worlds representation already kind of in the Trek cosplay verse, because I think the fans do really like it, yes. as do we. Um, yeah. But another thing we also like is all of Star Trek. So strange new worlds. We yes. could also talk about strange old worlds. Uh, mm. I guess if we want to just jump into it and talk the voyage home, it's been a long road getting, uh, from you're saying we here. should do some time travel, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do some time travel actually from the present with strange new worlds back to the eighties. Uh, yeah. Voyage home. Let's do it. That's right. Hit it. We're back. We're talking Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, and what a voyage home it is. Now, this is the fourth film, but Jacob, kind of the capper of a trilogy, a little bit. Yeah, it's a it's sort of a trilogy that starts with Wrath of Khan, then searches search for Spock, and now the Voyage Home. Uh, you could call it the Harv Bennett uh, trilogy because he kind of came mm. on on Wrath of Khan, mm. took over, kind of executive creative control from Roddenberry. And uh, now he's, he's, he's in control with this movie too. And actually uh, I can go a little into about the, uh, you know, production pre-production. They, the script that they had, they had a script that was written by two guys, first draft or whatever, but it mostly wasn't used. Uh, Harv Bennett came in and said, you know what, let's redo this script. Let's have Nicholas Meyer, director of wrath of Khan come back give his input, help write this script. So this nice. script is actually written by those two guys, Harv Bennett and Nicholas Meyer. And apparently Nicholas Meyer or Harv Bennett wrote the beginning and ending parts when they're in space. Uh, hmm. And then Nicholas Meyer wrote all the middle stuff, the time travel stuff, and then they just combined it. So huh. it don't yeah. feel disconnected. That's pretty impressive. No. Yeah. But I think Nicholas Meyer been involved with the three best of these six, I would say. And we'll get to Undiscovered Country in a couple months. But uh, really, you know, couple another, months. you know, another good one for for Meyer. Right. Worth pointing out again, Jacob, this pinch hitter comes in, doesn't even know what Star Trek is. And he arguably makes the best Star Trek ever. Yeah. This is like, uh, you know, I think a lot of people consider this the one with the whales, but it's, yeah, it's, it's the time travel one, the back to the future one. And that's always been like kind of a, a classic Star Trek like premise, you know, you, you'll get like, there's yeah. like the old frontier episode of Enterprise and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's um, the one where they go back to the great depression, I think with, uh, Spock and Kirk, this is one of the classics. Yeah, and then, um, you know, uh, Picard meets Mark Twain with Guinan, you know, like all kinds of shenanigans yeah. be happening with time travel. But this is, you know, one of the early ones, not TOS notwithstanding, but, you know, on the big screen. And I think it's a good it's a good version of that story. I think it's quite fun. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't love that, Mike, because mm. my Star Trek, I feel like, should not be time Trek. That kind of bugs ah. me a little bit. Well, start, I well, went back... 
mm-hmm. to, uh, to kind of get the flavor of this, Jacob, I watched yeah. the Gangster Planet one from the original. Where I was like, what does it look like when these people <laughs> oh, yeah, do that this one. thing? <laughs> and it works because the trailer for this movie must be exciting just from the fact that you're like, Spock's in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think what this this kind of idea came about because they wanted to do something with a lighter tone. They wanted they had an idea to do something with no actual villain in the movie. Like there's no main villain. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of, you know, there's this probe that's going to destroy Earth or whatever. But it's just a very lighthearted, you know, fun little romp through time. So which is weird because yeah. the stakes are literally the annihilation of planet Earth and everyone on right. it. But we're having a good time, you know, while we solve this problem. Go pick we're up some whales, time. you know, George and uh, whatever her name is. The other one. George, uh, Grace, George and Gracie. Gracie. Yeah, Gracie uh, is pregnant. George yeah. and Reference Grace. Reference to the, the George Burns show, right? Um, oh. oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Damn. You should have put that's that a, in the trivia quiz. That's something, you know, most people wouldn't know because it was on in like the 50s. So that's something our grandparents might uh, get the He's reference. Just they, their knees slapping when they see those whales names. They're like, oh, man, what a yeah. good rip. Deep cut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, time travel's always been kind of a part of uh, Star Trek to a lesser or more degree. But it's interesting in this one, they kind of don't follow temporal rules as we know them later defined in Star Trek of like, don't mess with the past. It could have, you know, paradoxical Kirk consequences. They don't give a shit at all. Chekhov <laughs> just leaves his, you know, all his shit, like his, uh, uh, you know, Ray Gun Federation ID and his shit, like, yeah, in the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah in that like, nuclear you are place. a spy. <laughs> yeah. A Russian guy around some nuclear submarines. No, That's no, not suspicious. it's all right. There, there is something... Like, yeah, there's something charming. I'm, I'm a sucker for the fish out of water story. Give me an Encino man yes. any day of the week, you know, and... Yeah. Uh, there's some fun with that because, again, it's like the, you know, the 80s and the Cold War. So check off, you know, I'm looking for nuclear vessels. Like, where are your nuclear vessels? You know, I'm just right. a Russian guy asking where your nuclear yeah. shit is. Like, it's kind of Not funny. Not suspicious like, at all. No, no. It's it, kind of cute. But, uh, yeah, this this film has a very much a lighter, more humorous tone, uh, lower stakes, like you said, even though it is the destruction of the whole <laughs> world, basically. But uh, they're Guys having fun with, with guns it. in it, chasing them. But, yeah, Jacob, it never gets lighter than, like, Spock's going to wear this robe the whole time. He's going to tie his ears back in a headband <laughs> yes. and hang loose, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, fish out of water, like you said. A bunch of uh, 50-year-olds from the future walking around San Francisco mm-hmm. – uh, looking insane with what they're wearing, but uh, it's amazing. Now, I love it. Yeah, it's 1986. It's been in the course of these movies, maybe five, ten days, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're looking a little old at this point, Mike. How, how you hanging in with the crew here? Well, let me tell you, they, they are aging, and that's fine. You can't help it. There's still a lot of charisma, and like I think Nimoy's doing a great job. I think Bones is really strong in this. One thing, though, the more we watch these, I like Kirk less and less. Um, really? And I can see why people see Spock as kind of the best character of all Star Trek, because yeah. Kirk is really starting to grade on me with his kind of... Sure attitude and you know we could talk about more but that's where i'm at like i'm love i'm liking the, the charisma between the cast is still there but kirk is starting yeah. to become like you're a little too main character you know i what can I mean? see that but you know i think this is actually for me the movie that has the best kirk spock dynamic and just the overall dynamic of the main crew having different split up uh partners with with uh bones and scotty doing their own thing which is hilarious oh uh, yeah Nura and uh, aluminum <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll They're breaking all the time rules. You're totally yeah. right. With <laughs> but most, but a lot of this movie is Kirk and Spock hanging out with uh, Dr. Jillian Taylor, the uh, whale biologist. <laughs> and, uh, the three Gs. The whale biologist or tour guide at a museum. <laughs> Both, I yeah. guess. She's right, yeah. a job. She's the most knowledgeable whale. There's only so much whale science you can do in an eight-hour day. They got to, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. Right, Hold on, let me, let me walk scientists. these eighth graders around for their yeah. yeah. Maybe it was a special um, circumstance. I say, I say, let's let's dive in. Let's go beat yeah. for beat here because mm-hmm. there is so much to talk about enjoying this movie. And like the other Star Trek films, um, which I'm always shocked by in these films, this starts with. A, a wrap up of events of previously on the other Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you remember where we left off, uh, they're on the Genesis planet. They save Spock. Uh, they kill Krug, the, the Klingon. And now they've commandeered his Klingon bird of prey, which they'll use basically for the whole movie. There's no enterprise really, except for the very end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, Basically, they've been on Vulcan uh, letting Spock, you know, recover from his whole thing that he was doing. And now they have to go back to Earth, being back to the Federation. All, yeah. yeah. And they have to stand for their crimes of the last movie. Willingly right? turning themselves in. Yes. Yeah, as an yeah. honorable Starfleet officer would do. Um, I like seeing the Starfleet meeting because we don't see like a lot of Starfleet like being an organization too much like even no. in the other films so like seeing this meeting with different delegates and they're like what are we going to do about kirk you know oh, well you also killed his son you know it's like well we'll figure yeah. that out you know that I was wanted really cool. to ask my two trekkie boys it made me think since there are mm-hmm. ranks obviously kirk is admiral there's one person who runs all of it like the fleet admiral of star fleet well there's the, the president of of the federation which is i think an elected position mm-hmm. uh which is you see he's he's the bald guy with like the white beard in this one, and then okay. you'll see again in Undiscovered Country, which we'll get to, which has a lot of Starfleet meetings and stuff as well. But that one, there's a different Starfleet president played by Kurtwood Smith. So we'll get to that again. Oh, uh, there must have been an election in between. Yeah, yeah, must have been. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's cool to see. We also see Admiral Cartwright for the first time, played by uh, uh, Brock Peters, right? And uh, he would go on. He's going to return in uh, Undiscovered Country. And then Brock Peters, the actor, would go on to play uh, Captain Sisko's dad in Deep Space Nine. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, you see him in the beginning uh, there. And he's a big part of Star Trek six as well. Yeah. And that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. A lot of returning, you know, Star Trek is pretty famous for returning to play yeah. other roles. You know, Jeffrey Coombs MVP, but, you know. Ooh, Jeffrey Coombs, truly the MVP. Um, Definitely. Return. We get a lot of future San Francisco, which is the hub of Starfleet, Earth, which you really don't see a lot. But you get to see daily life, people working their jobs, a ton of different aliens at their consoles, including this crazy one that looks like an old Kung Fu master, which I'll never get over. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think a Trek movie could ever work where they just stay on future Earth the whole time or maybe even series? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, anything's possible, but it depends. I, cause I guess to me, Star Trek is still about exploration and adventure. Yeah. So it's good to see like the home the base like, Star Trek going the on. The Trek there. part. Yeah. It'd yeah. Be Earth 
non-trek, whatever the antithesis of a trek is, a sit. A Earth hub, sit. you know, just but a hub show of what what is it truly like and what year is it? Starfleet like 2049? Yeah. They like could do a whole show about something, Starfleet yeah. Academy, which they, they know, could do is, that, a, yeah. is an idea they've had before but never got to it, uh, as we'll talk about again. That was uh, kind it's of Harvard's idea slice for a slice of six- life manga. Yeah, but Harvard you know? Bennett actually had the idea for a six movie that was going to be Starfleet Academy and show, I think, a young Spock and Kirk at the Academy, but then they scrapped that and went with Undiscovered Country. Um, it'd be them, it'd be Mahoney, they'd be up to all sorts of police academy hijinks. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Those were popular at that time. They could have borrowed a lot of uh, hijinks. <laughs> it would have been a ripoff, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, this this probe shows up. Uh, this mysterious space probe from describe space. what it looks like, Jacob. Oh, uh, it looks like you know, like a metal cylinder that shows up. It's got some kind of ball thing on it. Uh, a piece of black ice, like a like a huge cylinder of it with just a golf ball hanging. Off, it's right? marginally yeah. better looking than the planet destroyer monster. You know, yeah, that thing was pretty rough too. It's a lot of uh, yes. mysterious probes that kind of just show up in Star Trek sometimes. But this one yeah. is trying to communicate with something on Earth. Right? We can't figure out how to respond or what it's trying to say, but it's knocking out all the power. Uh, at Starfleet, you know, all over. So it's very dangerous to Earth. And then, you know, our our famous crew coming back, uh, they get a message from Starfleet, well, oh, shit's going down. In yeah. the meantime, they're getting exonerated, Jacob. Now, in this world where literally we have members of the government, the Secret Service being like, I will never testify or answer for any actions I've ever committed. You literally mm-hmm. do. We, we, I know we pointed out, but just to say, our crew being the ultimate good guys of... Let's account for everything we have done since the Genesis project right. and mm-hmm. get a clear conscience here. And they're basically like set to go back to duty and they have to do this crazy mission with this big cylinder thing. Yeah. So they're heading back to Earth. But before they can get there, they got to go. They figure out, oh, this probe is trying to talk to whales. Guess what? We ain't got no whales because guess what? Man hunted them to extinction mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago. Yes. Uh, you know, in Star in Star Trek uh, timeline. So there are no humpback whales left to communicate with this probe. So we need to go back in time to 1986 when there were whales and uh, bring two humpback whales back to try to save Earth. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say the state of our crew, too. Uh, um, Mike, you're saying you liked Shatner a lot less in this one. It's interesting. He's ditched the curly wig for sort of just like a, a normal hair in this one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and it's He's, not so much. He, you know, oh, I'm I'm saying like he. It's not like he has some great line reads in this. Like, don't tell me they don't have money in the future. We don't. Like, like there's some very good Kirk stuff in here. I can yeah. just see the arguments where it's like, I want to have the coolest shit to do and take cool shit and fun lines from other people. Right. Like he and gets knowing like how, almost all yes. of the cool lines, and that's and knowing what, what was Sucks. going on behind the scenes. Uh, you yeah. Can definitely tell. And I may be uh, reading between the lines and that's affecting, you know, my my experience, but, but totally fair. But I would also say, again, because I'm trying to give context for every character five days post dead son. Is he acting like that, Mike? No, he's acting like he's already True. ready to move on from Carol. He's got a new 80, 86 lady. He's, he's, he's going to yeah. bring to the he's future and then forget about maybe- Maybe banging a girl, actually. So, yeah, you're right. It's, it, he's he solves the stuff. grandfather paradox by becoming his own grandfather. 
Right. Right. Um, but, you know, I think uh, – I still think, you know, Spock and uh, Kirk have a great kind of repartee yeah. in this one where – Spock is kind of like, you know, acting how a Vulcan would act in this situation, but it's a little strange to the people. He's also kind of disconnected from his human side. He's almost more Vulcan than he's been in a while, which is kind of fun. Mike, I have never felt that more. Let's give context for what Leonard Nimoy's Spock is. Your kata has returned to this vessel of flesh. You are once again Spock. Mm -hmm. He's praying before the altar. He's thinking. He does this test asking him. How do you feel? Oh, my God. Spock is, you know, thinking these emotions. He is, and maybe from this point on, I think, more Vulcan than human. Yeah. Yeah, I think he definitely, yeah, he changed. But at the same time, he's still got that human side that'll come out sometimes. Um, But he's almost more childlike in this one because he Mm. really just was a child. He grew up super fast, but he still kind of has that naivete. And also the Vulcans are just so literal. They don't understand like sarcasm, metaphors, that kind of thing generally goes above their head. So they answer everything literally, which is very off-putting to the people of San Francisco. Yeah. And it's fun when like, you know, you'll have bones like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad you know, I'd have you back. I couldn't fit in your shoes. He's like, my shoes. It's like, my shoes. you know, like he just doesn't get some my of the joke jokes that he a might humorous have. Story with a climax. The yeah, last yeah, yeah. person we should give context for is the third build. DeForest Kelly is Leonard Bones. Um, yep. Leonard's Bones McCoy. Mm-hmm. Love him. Um, he is because the rest of our crew, they're the characters we know. They're wearing the exact same outfits. You know, literally Sulu is in that crazy outfit we play. Yeah, Chekhov's got a still. sweet leather jacket. They're a, yeah, they're really in a mix of like some of them have their Starfleet uniforms. Some of them have casual clothes. Well, it's remember, really they strange. just stole the Enterprise, Chekhov, yeah. you know, like casually the last yeah. movie. Chekhov looked like he's ready to be in 1986. But Bones, uh-huh. you guys are right, is the third character feeling the fallout of our past movies. He is trying to confront Spock and be like, what we went through was crazy, right? And Spock will not give him that. And I think <laughs> yeah. that's such a crazy way to start this. Yeah. yeah. Like I literally had you living in my head. I carried your Katra. And then it's like, that was pretty wild, right? Like, I guess. He basically, later. yeah, he asked <laughs> Spock to, like, explain what death feels like. What he saw Spock's on the like, other oh, side. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you wouldn't understand. You. you had to be there, dude. Yeah. You had to be there. Yeah. Yeah, and if, if one answer. of you possessed me for like a week, I would expect a little more like, you know, like bonding after so, that or no, something. Right. I don't know. No emotion. Yeah, so it's Spock, an interesting place. Yeah. Yeah. Spock yeah. for most of this movie is wandering around in a robe and a headband, like a complete maniac. <laughs> Willing to make the sacrifice of, well, obviously it would freak people out if they saw my Vulcan ears, but no, no, no. I will not be taking off my ceremonial bathrobe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can't research oh, yeah. clothes from the 80s. We're not going to replicate no, 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 no. them no, as we No, we're would. not going to do any of that shit that, you know, they've done on other Star Trek since. But Not like we did for <laughs> Gangster Planet. Imagine the trailer. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's so good. Just them yeah. walking around looking confused as the punk walks by with the boombox. Like, oh, man. So I love everything with them just walking around. The fish out of water stuff, like you said, it's so good. Uh, yeah, what kind of horse is this? You know, that that entire, like, oh, that Thor meme. Like, like that's like the yeah. whole sequence. Speaking into the mouse is, is maybe the most iconic image Hello, from this. Hello, computer. Say, right? <laughs> yeah, Amazing. yeah, that's incredible. Amazing. I put that in the intro, actually. I already cut it together. I was yeah. like, that's too funny. So they first show up. Uh, 
you know, Kirk almost gets great hit choice. by a car. He has the, the great line, uh, well, double dumbass on you. Yeah, get out of the way, dumbass. <laughs> uh, something no one has ever said before, yeah. I don't think. Double what dumbass. What did you think of that one? <laughs> I love it. I uh, love it. I love it. And I love when Spock and Kirk had the little conversation about using colorful metaphors. And then Spock tries to do it by just putting the hell in between like his words all the time. And then <laughs> Kirk's like, uh, maybe don't do that. You're not quite there. Now, now yeah. speaking of incredible words introduced on this podcast, let, let me rewind one more time and say when we left the Vulcan planet, we left Savik behind this mm-hmm. character that was yes. maybe a huge deal to these films. But Jacob, I have not gotten over dry jacking and it, it's not left. <laughs> if you have not gone back listen to the search for spock episode yeah Mm -hmm. she had to help him young spock with his uh little palm far sudden onset palm far with due to his accelerated growth rate she had to dry jack him and then so she has a little then he's fine for the next seven years where uh yeah kirk's like all right savik well you're gonna stay here on vulcan i guess so see you later and that's That's the last time mom you ever see Sabbath in the Star Trek <laughs> it's like, universe. Yeah, sorry, Kirstie Alley didn't come back for the last movie. We're just going to kind of leave you here. Bye. Yeah. I don't want to say that she would have fit in so perfectly on this crew because, again, I just I keep know. thinking about these same people keep going on these adventures. <laughs> and there's something yeah. beautiful and so cute about these grandparents still hanging out. It's my rummage club. You know, we just play rummy, you know, every weekend. Mm-hmm. We go back yeah, yeah, yeah. time every weekend. Bridge. I mean, it's amazing to think about that this whole the whole Star Trek movie franchise in the first one kind of a plot line was that Kirk is too old now. He's getting promoted to Admiral. That was a plot line in the first movie. And they made and he five doesn't more. want to. He yeah. wants to be in the stars. He's having a yeah, hard time settling same old down crew. Uh, as far as Savick, you know, she could have been a bigger part. But I, I, I remember reading uh, Nicholas Meyer saying, well, you know, uh, we have Spock, so having her would kind of be redundant, having another Vulcan, and she doesn't really fit in the dynamic. We couldn't think of anything for her to do in current day San Diego or San Francisco, so she just stays on Vulcan. Uh, but so you know, when they show sorry, up in San Francisco, silver yeah. silver club only. You know, you're right, a little too yeah. young for this mission. <laughs> you don't need the age Yeah, the five timers club, Mike. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're too but young they show for this up, kid. Uh, they show up back in time. Uh, you know, everyone remember where we parked. Uh, nice. Yep. yep. <laughs> they walk around. I love the line where Kirk's like, uh, you know, split up or something. Like, you look like a cadet review. And they're just like bumbling around with their weird future Can you clothes. give a clear order? No, just fucking stop hanging around all together. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I have brought up multiple times how Walter Koenig kind of just like Something about him just like bugs me, Pavel Chekhov. <laughs> Not when he's yeah. going to eventually be my sweet baby boy in the movies. But right now, this guy, I'm like, get out of here, you old creep. Here again, <laughs> we have to shout out the brown bomber jacket, the red sweater. He's just some guy walking on the street. He looks great. Yeah, yeah. he fits in the most, except for that <laughs> whole Cold War thing. People are suspicious. Right. Yeah. But his look Nuclear is great. Nuclear Wessels. Um, it's super ah. funny to me because he was kind of brought on to be the mop-topped young guy to kind of, uh, you know, be that role. And now he's still playing that role while getting progressively older. But um, he's great. Because he doesn't hang out with anybody his own age. He's like, he still yeah, thinks the he's cool the young one. 65-year-old to the 80-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Such yeah. a rough go of it. <laughs> but him yeah. and Uhura wandering around, asking about nuclear vessels, uh, 
hilarious. They need to steal course. some type of radioactive material or whatever to get the to ship get back running. To the future because they need we'll more split it up. crystals. Yeah, Jacob yeah. said it. What a genius screenplay! Nicholas Meyer, or maybe the other guy as well, knows how to write these things because he goes, "Okay, we've got Sulu fly stuff." We should probably end this where Sulu has to fly something. Right. Helicopter. Okay. Scotty builds stuff. He's an engineer. No, we haven't paired him up with yet. Let's get fucking bones in the mix. Two sound combo. Fucking grandmas. Let's fucking throw these assholes together. Oh my God. And and like you said, the Michelle Nichols, the Walter Koenig of these are kind of our more serious straight lace characters. Let's pair them up and kind of put them at odds against the world. And then Mm -hmm. we know what we're going to do with our leads. Kirk's going to try to fuck. Spock's going to be weird. It's like, yeah, that's great. Everyone's got something to do. So they split up in these groups. Uh, Yeah, Scott, Scotty and Bones, they're trying to get uh, some plexiglass basically for the tank. That's their They need a bit, yeah. unit to transport whales onto a spaceship into the future is their goal. And it's like, well, of course, we can figure that out. (laughs) How big is this bay, Scotty? It's about 60 feet, sir. Ah, These whales are 40 to 50 feet long. (laughs) It's it's not till later, but I want to jump to the imagery of um, where they're just like welding it together and Bones is leaning and not doing anything. But you know, just his presence is helping Scotty, right? Yeah. The pairing is just... I love their pairing, yeah. Mm -hmm. And when they're like, you know, playing their roles in the factory... And uh, Scotty is like the the one in charge. He's just like so pleased with himself. And Bones is like, don't get buried in your role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because at know, first it's like, stuff. oh, this is the greatest engineer from Glasgow. You didn't know he was coming. Bones is trying to sell it. And then once they buy it, then Let's Scotty's like, assistant. yeah, my assistant. You know, <laughs> he kind of gets yeah, a little over it's it. It's too good. It's too good. But Scotty I has love a lot all of great lines stuff. in this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like said, whales <laughs> so that's the Kurt best one though track yeah. down the whales with spock and then nichelle nichols uh, uh, uh um Uhura and uh check off. Check off. are going to they're get getting the, some uh, nuclear stuff or basically they need but they to, need to power to, the ship yeah yeah they need gas the they're getting gas because okay. they when they get back to the past they're out they're dilithium crystals which is what they use to like run the ship are like depleted right so they need to get they need to fill up the mr fusion yeah 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 exactly or else they'll be so. stuck in the past and that's not good they can't get back to the uh, future without it exactly the funny thing hey, is they, they killed the, yeah christopher lloyd yeah they the killed christopher year. lloyd they needed him right now <laughs> what if krug was here like oh we must get back <laughs> it'd be amazing <laughs> it'd be great He'd be uh, helping and, and back to the future re- really just came out like a year before this movie as well if you think about it, 85 right it's like a parallel development cycle like uh, you know they maybe or a maybe cool they did know about each other thing yeah wow a cool postgrad thing because you guys bring up the the repercussions of messing with the past right to change the future would have been he comes back they park and he's greeted by like admiral khan like how crazy oh, would yeah. that would have been like a, a planet of the apes twist. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A cliffhanger for the next movie that yeah. they didn't make. That would have been well, dope, right? That I'm imagining now that uh, actually Doc Brown, after the Genesis, was turned human, and he's just trying to figure out how to invent something to become a Klingon and get out of Earth. He's you know he's doing <laughs> all kinds of crap. Capacitor too. Yeah, but um, yeah, and it's really just funny how they don't care about temporal paradoxes. Sometimes let's they care look a at lot all the ways Trek. that they break the timeline. Right? What do they well, do well, wrong, Jacob? <laughs> 
Well, you know, Scotty gives the recipe for uh, transparent aluminum mm-hmm. to them, which hasn't been invented yet. That yep. alone could cause a lot of problems. Then you're not let alone, you know, you're abduct or you're taking uh, this whale biologist from the past, which you're not supposed to do. She just goes to the future with them at the end. Yeah, and uh, just joins Starfleet. No protocols about I this. <laughs> but it's funny because I was thinking about it, and they don't really care about this. Then a little bit later, you know, in DS9 and TNG, they do care a lot about, you know, ramifications. And then by the time Picard comes around, they're just leaving a guy in the past in season two. So Picard, they don't give a fuck again. Oh. Damn, all right. That's more it, the, the, just the writing quality. Is there... Is there any main crew member whose backstory is that they're like a person out of time? No, but that would be super cool. I don't think that so. That would be sick. Yeah. And, but, you know, I'm sure Philip we'll see J. this Fry. character again, Dr. Jillian. I'm sure she'll be back, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she'll be I back in Star Trek. I watched the Futurama. <laughs> I watched the Futurama because you recommended it. The, the nuclear vessels. It's so good rewatching it. The best line is Leonard Nimoy saying, when I, you know, had to direct uh, Shatner in uh, three and four, you know, I got this performance happened by doing this. And Shatner says, and when I had to direct myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Five, yeah, I think he was saying like, oh, about? I got a great yeah. performance out of Shatner because I respected him so yeah. much as an a- actor. Yes. Because oh, like, I, respect I respected myself, myself so much. <laughs> I did yeah. a great job, too. That's very funny. Um, yeah. So they're all uh, doing their own plans in, uh, yes. you know, 1986. Uh, and... So Spock and Kirk, excitement, love, all that stuff. All that stuff. They've got time for all that, even though they're only there for like 24 hours. Um, But Spock and Kirk are looking for these whales. So they go to the whale museum in Sausalito, uh, where they meet Dr. Jillian Taylor, played by Catherine Hicks, uh, who would obviously go on to become the mom in Seventh Heaven, and we have the dad of Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven member. Mm. The two parents of Seventh Heaven are the stars of the Star Trek films. That's so weird. Previous two, yeah. It's very interesting. Or the first V'ger, I guess. Um, Yes. Seventh Heaven, how about that? uh, Seventh Heaven of Nine. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Yeah. I, so let me even say on that. This is touching on past things because listeners might be too young to remember this stuff. Mm-hmm. Seventh Heaven, super weird forward Christianity show. Imagine yes. that. Imagine having something like that on television now. <laughs> Imagine the dad and, being a pedophile. Well, well the actor who is. And two, you know, we were too young for this, but a real life cultural phenomenon and what this film is based on, you know, a thing that was happening in the 80s. The Cold War? No, we're going to get to a movie that talks about that. The Berlin Wall falling? Again, we'll see. This one is yeah. Saving the Whales, which was a real phenomenon in the 80s where people yeah. were like, we're destroying the oceans and killing sea life. We need to keep whales around or they're going to disappear. Right. Yeah. yeah. Environmentalist <laughs> message, conservationist message. Uh, and that's another reason why I think why I really like this movie, because it is it does have that environmental message there's no clear villain except it's like man is kind of the villain for hunting whales almost to the brink of extinction yeah right? kirk literally says it because you know kirk's the smartest so it's like you know <laughs> man is the predator whatever the hell and he's like yeah maybe that's, maybe not that's right yeah maybe spock could have said that but if spock decided to take off half of his clothes and jump into a whale tank which was also 
Amazing. Bizarre. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Why, why that outfit? He melds with the whale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his tidy whities His Vulcan tidy whities You forget yes. that the Vulcans, for as non-emotion forward as they are, they are very natural empaths. Uh, beyond even the, the mind meld, I would say just the fact that they are so logical in their pursuit, they can acknowledge the emotional distress of those around them right yeah they can acknowledge yes. emotion they just don't um they suppress allow they themselves still feel to feel emotions but feel they just suppress, suppress yeah, yeah yeah so, and yeah. you know vulcans they're vegetarians uh they would see you know killing animals as barbaric uh and illogical you know and illogical yes but uh uh they're all you know they're all vegetarians it was my understanding too that stuff Right, right, right. But the uh, environmental message was another reason they were reworking the script because, like, let's not have a villain and let's do this environmental thing about the whales, right? And, like, yeah, it, ma- it makes it fun. And it's like, there's still issues with like overfishing in general, and like, whaling is still like a problem, you know, in some yeah. areas. So, um, Can you it's imagine kind of weirdly though, relevant. Like the- but a big Marvel movie coming out and being like, no, 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 there's no villain. It's about global warming. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that would be well, there's wild. Like, yeah, there's a million reasons why this movie would never be made today. Um, like you said, there's no villain. Uh, the, the comedic the cast tone is a million years old. There's yeah. no big action scene. Yeah, there's barely any action at all. There's no space battles. There's no one Set shooting pieces. at each other. Yeah, it's just uh, kind of quirky. Of, you know, geriatrics wandering around in San Francisco. Pretty much. For whales. Is it one of the few sci-fi comedies? It's not like a parody of something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's just a full-on comedy after the more serious uh, last couple of movies. It's an interesting turn, but I think, uh, you know, I think it worked. Because of the chemistry of that original crew. And I I think this highlights highlights, that. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And like Colin said, it's a classic writing trope. Just create pairings that you haven't seen before and see what happens, right? And so, like, Mm -hmm. you get to see that. You know what this was making me... You know what this is mm. making me think of? How excited I'm going to be one day for, and it'll probably be streaming, but a Strange New Worlds movie. Wow. Yes. One day. Hopefully. <sighs> I mean, I was, you know, TNG got four movies. I always wanted a DS9 movie, but that never got made. Uh, we need Another to good captain for the- bald men. Well, around season two when they let him <laughs> shave his head. <laughs> Eventually. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, they need to get back to making... Sh- movies from the shows uh like they used to i think that would be great they get the kelvin universe yeah there's an interesting Mm, discovery um, because like if you look at this in time like contextually with when it was out like this is i watched a a youtuber talking about this um like this is just all that star trek was the next generation didn't exist ds9 doesn't exist this is all that star trek is right now we're getting close this is the last movie to come out before the premiere right. of next generation in 87 so it actually next generation was already announced when they were making this move um mm. so they tried to tie it in a little bit with the so the klingon stuff at the beginning when he's like we're negotiating peace all that that's because they were kind of building up to tng where klingons are now our allies uh and obviously we'll get that in star trek 6 as well right so i guess this is the last kind of by itself star trek original cast thing because then Next one will be on TV, yeah, but it is cool. I exactly. like um, the feel of this trilogy where like Khan is like a redo of one, you know, like, ah, now we're just going to, I don't want to be back out in space. Get it out. But I do like yeah. that. It's like, okay, we're going to, you know, fight Khan, come back. That's great. And then we're going to steal the enterprise, 
get it blown up. We'll blow it up on purpose. And then we're in this bird of prey on our way back. And now we have to yeah. slingshot the bird of prey through time. And then, you know, it's like they've been on a whole ass journey, especially since the second and the, the third and fourth movie. Right. It's kind of interesting right. to think of that continuity, you know, this long time. It it's takes the to get perfect space. title, Mike. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, the voyage home and they do go home. First, they go back to the past before they can go to home in the present. Right. Dang, it's almost like the actors are reflecting on their past before they can accept where they are in the present. Wow. Damn. Um, <laughs> Probably yeah, not. So we have our uh, you know, time travel adventures. Uh, Kirk and Spock are trying to convince uh, you know, whale, whale doctor lady to uh, help them because just coincidentally, on, they, have, a whale. <laughs> mm-hmm. they have two whales, a male and a female, perfect uh, for what they need. Uh, and also Gracie's pregnant. The female whale is pregnant. So we're going to mm-hmm. take those whales, Noah's Ark, get back to the present and uh, bring the whales back. Right. Yeah. Even when like, she said that, Jacob, I like got like weirdly emotional. I was like, oh, Gracie's pregnant. This is <laughs> like really like hitting everything, man. It's like, how do you yeah. know that? It's like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I guess everyone, you know, they do get the whales back. Admiral, there'll be whales here, you know, and they, they're able to yes. get the whales on board. There's a little bit of like, there's a fight with like whalers. I wouldn't call well, it a fight. They just like put the cloaked ship in between them and the whale and the harpoon bounces off. Tear them off my, basically, yeah. Hold on. Oh yeah, they break the timeline. About- <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the special effects. So the yes. cloaking thing is kind of used for kind of the, the entire end here. Now, I didn't say it before, but when they land on Vulcan in the, um, the bird of prey, there's mm-hmm. this beautiful matte painting. Just like mm, one yes. of the most gorgeous physical special effects you can see. Mm-hmm. And what we end the movie with is sort of like the earliest green or blue screen technology. And it's fine. Which part? The You, you know, where they're, where they're really trying to lower the stuff in and you see a, a Scotty like up between the thing and, you know, the, the, it's kind of shit. like a weird composition him. shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and she's bizarre. kicking on. Yeah, you know, she's doing the miming the box stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm jumping way to the end with the special effect. But it's, it's just, good. it's crazy. Yeah, and I like again how they don't really care if anyone sees them. Like they, when they first land, the, there's those two garbage men there, and they're like, "You didn't see anything. I didn't either. Let's get out of here, right?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, they bring the whales back, dump them in the ocean. Go for a little swim at the end. Everyone's they talk to the probe. They, they say, hey, these guys are pretty cool. You know, don't destroy their planet on accident. You know, they're cool. Yeah. yeah. So, and what is the implication? That the, the aliens are like future whales well, or like okay, whales yeah. from another planet? <laughs> this is what I want to ask you guys because I've seen this movie twice the Zindi now. Aquatics. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it. Uh. Nice, nice <laughs> reference, Mike. Yeah. Uh, I watched it again for a second time today to rewatch, get any details I could. I still cannot tell you the explanation for this probe wanting to speak to humpback whales. They never really explain it. They're just like, what does he get aliens? (laughs) Because they were targeting their, their communications towards the ocean. So they were like specifically pointing it at where whales may be. Right. But why they never explain why aliens are trying to communicate with humpback whales or anything. So I guess they were like, this is the only thing in the universe that it can converse with. Of course, it's been looking for, you know, 
companionship or you know like Which a is, tribe yeah, or something. Again, I'd be right? like, oh okay, great. yeah, exactly. That's and, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a rehash of the pro, unfortunately. Yeah, right. Another movie with no villain. Um, it, it, there, there's like missed opportunity too, I guess, with the whale lady, you know, because she has that one coworker who's like, yeah, we don't know what we're gonna do with the whales, but you know, maybe they're not even that fucking smart. I don't know. And she's like, shut the hell up, you yeah. know. And it's like, you could have had yeah, this thing crazy. where it's like, oh, they're communicating intelligently and telling it to like, they, they, I've confirmed what I always knew that the whales are very smart it, and thinking animals, right? Right. She could have had that. Yeah, it's a ripoff of uh, of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, right, Jacob? The dolphin mm, yes. stuff. But you could have very easily just put something in like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The I guess the the uh, what we're supposed to assume is that maybe humpback whales are from another planet and are aliens that were you know sent to Earth at some point. Okay, um, I hope sounds so. Sounds just as good as the rest of it. So they're yeah. on a time travel adventure too. Um, yeah. The whales themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and again, okay. I mean they are. Yeah, they come yeah. to the future. <laughs> right. Crazy. They're going to meet they their great 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 grandchildren. Yeah, through his mind meld, he can communicate with them. And uh, he even tells uh, Dr. Taylor that he's like, oh, well, they like you a lot. Uh, You take good care of them. Um, They're a little bit worried about, you know, being released in the wild because they don't want to be hunted. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, good stuff. Um, So they get the uh, they get the plexiglass. They build the tank. They bring the whales back, go back to the uh, present and everything happy ending right they all have a little mm-hmm. splish splash at the end and, oh yeah uh, <laughs> well here's the greatest yeah, yeah yeah they have a little swim and then kirk uh due to his war crimes and stuff with genesis and seeing the ship he gets he gets a slap on the wrist and his punishment is that you are now just a exactly. captain again exactly yes, what exactly you wanted what he wanted but and God damn it, Jacob, because yeah. we know that... Like, <laughs> Which is the first movie. Yeah, but all Leonard Nimoy wanted yeah. to do, Mike, was to end this movie and go, we did it. Everybody's going to love this. Everybody's going to be so happy. We reset it. We can, like, freeze frame of just, like, their adventures continued. It's Star Trek. Mm-hmm. He's the captain yeah. again. They're old. Adventures. This could have been the worst movie. Ah, we but in my contract, we have to do we my movie next. I it. direct the next so. one, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's what's funny is that, so in, obviously, Shatner and Nimoy's contract, they had this equal rights agreement, basically, where whatever Nimoy got, Shatner would also get. So, Nimoy directed, now he's directed two, Shatner wants to do one now, and they're legally obligated to let him direct one. Yeah, that was the, um, that was the inspiration for the the Italian food scene, where he goes, make that two, uh, when he copies (laughs) her exact order. Uh, That's, that was based on their contracts, yeah. But it's interesting, you know, because Nimoy wasn't allowed in the restaurant. <laughs> your, your Kirk is great, Mike. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah, another moment I love is when she's like, "Oh, you're just you're just gonna sit in the bushes while we eat." <laughs> He's like, oh, that's his thing. His way. <laughs> it's kind of his thing. That's, yeah, his way. That's a great line. Yeah, too much yeah. LDS. 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 (laughs) I'm telling you, if this guy, because Mike, I am with you in that, you know, just to, you know, we're not hitting the wrap up yet. We're going to do a super fun, uh, another Jacob quiz. But just to, as we end the whole movie here, Mm -hmm. to your comment of how, how do I feel about Shatner in this one? You just look at the guy and go like, you could have done like a, a Chevy Chase style comedy movie or something off of this. Not a big budget, but, you know, like yeah. a Fletch-esque, you know, like if, if you're making, 
I don't understand how he just got so bogged down. I guess he really just just became this character, huh? It's like well, the Ric had, Flair um, thing. He can't. They all DJ did. Hooker mm-hmm. in the eighties, right? So oh, after yeah. Star Trek, he didn't get work for a while because he was typecast. Eventually, he got TJ Hooker. Uh, he was doing that in the early eighties, and that's actually, actually why Shatner didn't direct this movie because Nimoy's like, I wouldn't mind, you know, directing again. Paramount's like, oh, we loved what you did with three. You can do this. And Shatner was like, well, technically I want to direct one, but I'm still working on TJ Hooker, so I'm busy anyway. I'll direct the next one. I'll get you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will haunt you soon. But it's it's just so different, Jacob, than what we know of modern world now where if you're in the number one movie, we should say this was the highest grossing Star Trek movie for a long time. This, yeah. this movie dominated the box office. It's a killer. You're the star of the highest grossing movie of that summer, right? How do you not get greenlit a bunch of other movies? I think it's because studios go, it's an adaptation of that dumb nerd show. Only dumb nerds went to that thing. That doesn't mean it's a good movie. We're not putting him in other things. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Or even, who knows, you know, what, what's going on in his mind. But it could be a pride thing. Like, oh, these roles are beneath yeah. me. Or, who, who, know, who knows? We're close to him killing his wife. It's a story we're going to talk about <laughs> next episode. That I'm Allegedly. Allegedly <laughs> right. killing his wife. Right. Right. It's, it's a very interesting thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We're, I'm, I'm very excited he's to really ready. dive into that, into Shatter's uh, psychology. But um, wow. it's just he's just a guy who eludes me. And Nimoy, mm-hmm. you know... We know that the success of this is going to lead to three men and a baby, you know, yeah. uh, other interesting projects. Other directing that, projects, yeah. That he, that he just kind of knocks out of the park, frankly. So all these other people, it's interesting that it was just like, no, I'm Scotty. I'll just go to the conventions. I'm Bones. This is my life. Maybe right. we'll get a five and six. And if we do, that's Well, and right. again, they're mm-hmm. also old by this point. They're not exactly getting a lot of like leading roles. Like, no, no one's going to cast DeForest Kelly as like an action hero at this point. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No so we get... I think he's great, but Aiken, Aiken five. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, this era of Star Trek films is definitely at the geriatrics adventure club, you know, and I'm here for yeah. it, but it's 100%. definitely like, hey, we can all get yeah. work if we keep making these movies, you know, like it's almost, yeah, like a that's all it's it just is. amazing to think about. It's like, if, you know, the current J.J. Abrams cast, like, 15 years from now makes a movie. That would be, like, the first, yes. you know, that would be the Star Trek, the motion picture. They would be that age. Yeah, so, it's a thing that they made strange. six movies. It always amazes me. Uh, <laughs> but I think this one, pretty positive uh, reviews from most people that see it. I think, you know, it's just such a fun, charming little movie. I don't know, I don't know how anyone could watch it and not like it even just a little bit. I guess it's a fun wrap up to this quote trilogy because you get like a dark con, serious kind of more emotional and thoughtful search for Spock and then this kind of lighthearted, you know, dessert, let's say. Yeah. And again, there's the common uh, knowledge of the even Star Trek's being the good ones, the odd ones being the bad ones that kind of loosely falls i would say three was was decent as well the, but the exception of that yeah yeah but four is so unfair yeah i think yeah. it's unfair to call three yeah bad but uh thanks maybe yes but so far yeah with the exception of the motion picture yeah this this they've all been good like fine you know what i mean i wouldn't rewatch yeah. the motion picture maybe ever because Khan just kind of redoes it better. And then this yeah. is just, again, such a nice light. It's it's just so much highlighting the years of charisma, even if it's just for the cameras that these actors have with one another and they build with one another yeah. throughout their careers. And it's like you showing said, the best of that. 
it's really the strength of this movie is the relationships between the main cast and they're just allowed to just be people reacting to each other. And there's not a lot like there's plot going on, but it's all secondary to the relationships of the characters. And that's why I think this movie works so well. Yeah. Yeah. They just disregard the present day rules (laughs) and just do their thing, you know? Yeah. Well, and if you told them after 50 episodes of pretending to move when the camera's shaking, rocks being thrown at you by lava monsters, you know, boxing a guy dressed up in a gorilla outfit, basically mm-hmm. that, hey, your most popular movie is just going to be you walking around the street like an average Joe, you know, wearing coats, hands in pocket, just interact with normal people. They'd be like, what right. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Breathing fresh air outside in the real world, no. not on a sound stage, right? <laughs> yeah. It, yep. That is a breath of fresh air, Mike. Yeah. That's why I think it works. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a fun watch. Uh, and it's great. Um, it's a good if, break from the space because we've been in the space for a lot. So the third one, it's like, yeah, you know, it's just you know, get him outside yeah. for a bit. And again, it's hard to even imagine like TNG making a movie like this where you're like, you know what? No space battles. Just going to be Picard and the gang, you know, walking around doing stuff. Well, you got to get Picard in a dune buggy <laughs> as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. Wait a little bit. all the action little. we can get. Um, uh-huh. But if, yeah. If John, wanna, John Picard, John McClane. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. It's but time to jump over now. Up, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, was, Normies, we're we'll heading over to our quiz. quiz our our, our, our famous quiz that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what it's called again. What's the name of the quiz, Jacob, coming up? It's called Jacob's Star Trek Quiz. Trademark. The Wrath of right. Cobb. <laughs> the Wrath oh, of Cobb. Oh, The Wrath of Cobb. That is what it was called, That's right. isn't it? That is what it's called. <laughs> All right, we'll Thank catch you, you on the... <laughs> All right, catch you for The Wrath of Cobb. We're back. We've been talking, Trek. We voyaged home successfully. We're back in the future. We've mm-hmm. got our whales with us. And now yeah. it's time to take a quiz about the very movie we watched. That's right. It's The Wrath of Cobb. Mm-hmm. The Wrath of Cobb. Yes, that's right. I've gathered a bunch of trivia. Uh, it's going to be a true-false format as usual. Uh, but there's a, you know specific facts that I failed to mention earlier just because I wanted to keep the surprise mm. so mm. let's see how you do so we got do, our little are these system a, these are true or false jacob is that the format yeah these are true or false so just ring in well, um, we'll do the do hand like one for, oh yeah we just we try to beat each other one no one is true and two is false right it's a shoot off oh and you and show it, them yeah. at the same time we accumulate points yeah we'll that way we can say at the same time Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, and you'll, you'll just have to take our word for it if you're listening. And if you're on the YouTube, you'll see yeah. this great system that we've I'll uh, I'll show Yeah, we'll shout out what your answers are. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's get started. Question All number right. one. This is the only Star Trek film in which nobody dies. True or false? Wow, the only mm-hmm. Star Trek film where nobody dies. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one is true, two is false. Is that the way we're doing this? Uh, That's yes. correct, sir. Copy yes. that. Okay, I am ready. I am ready. ready? Yep. All right. Answers, please. All right. False. 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 We false. both false it. I believe that is true. I mean, it's uh, what it said whoa. on the internet. 
I, you know, haven't fact checked this for myself, but uh, according to the internet, that is true. Huh. Here's what I was thinking. Yeah. That opening clip of the Klingon battle that they're watching. I was like, does that count? The fact oh. that they didn't show crew because they're not going to pay Christopher Lloyd anymore. But that's like that a, true, But I guess that technically is sort of uh, happened in the last but, movie. So maybe that doesn't but, count. Also, Jacob, I'm not positive we see anybody blow up or die. You know, you just see mm. people kind of rushing at stuff. I, I don't know. You see a shot of the Klingons in the ship, and then you see the exterior of the yeah. ship exploding. So, oh, yeah. I guess they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they explode, I guess. But that they happened in the search for Spock, so maybe they're That's not like they're watching a t- a footage yeah. of it. It's not yeah. happening contemporaneously yeah. during the, the events of the story. Of this that's, movie, that's true. No one dies. The most serious injury, of course, is Chekhov getting some kind of brain injury. <laughs> Which we didn't even mention the uh, hospital scene, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Bones taken over. Yeah. yeah that was stuff. Think, Giving that lady again, a new kidney or whatever. This is maybe the best stuff that they've done with Chekhov. And that is a great bone scene. And I, I want to say this even because I made this declaration in the third one. Is this the best DeForest Kelly movie? I think it might be. Just because of the I hospital scene be, yeah. and the Scotty yes. salesman bit. Yeah. And the Scotty a- And the stuff with Spock. The it's all there. Movie. Yeah, and, and the, the Spock best. stuff up top. I like that stuff. Yeah. Where he's like, come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. the best, but even when he's a like, stinking Klingon flea nest or whatever, he's still being like a little <laughs> oh, racist. God. Right, right. It's so good. Yeah, it's um, good to Forrest Kelly. <laughs> no, I think this is the maybe the best Bones movie and the best Scotty movie and the best 100%. Chekhov movie. So yeah. yes, you know, 100%. It utilizes the cast very well, I think. <sighs> Nichelle Nichols. God bless her. We're just changing our hairstyles every film. Yeah, huh? yeah. Like that, she still gets the least to do. Unfortunately, Sulu doesn't get yeah. a ton either. He just flies a yeah, helicopter, Sulu which is kind of unnecessary. It's I don't think it racist, comes into play. Though. Or he yeah. just wasn't interested. Or or yeah. the friction yeah. between yeah. him and Kirk. Maybe yeah, he's like, Sulu, I just don't yeah. want to be uh, put me in completely uh, separate guy. scenes. Yeah, I don't want to be. I will be. I my will be a solo mission. I will be somewhere else. He does have that line at the end when he's like, "I'm counting on the Excelsior as their new ship, right?" And then eventually he becomes the captain of the Excelsior. So, good job, Captain Sulu. Yeah. Uh, But anyways, that's cool. Quiz number two, uh, Wrath of Cobb. Okay, so the bus punk scene, which we didn't talk about, even another hilarious scene. Great scene. Uh, The greatest. (laughs) The bus punk. Uh, was played by associate producer Kirk R. Thatcher. Is that true or false? Locked in. I'm ready, yep. All right, reveal your answers. I'm going to say true. 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 Uh, that is true. We got it. All right, so, well, let's get a point. And I have a little bit of a story about going. this because this is fascinating to me. So this guy, Kirk R. Thatcher, uh, he started as an effects guy with ILM, worked on Return of the Jedi in the Creatures hmm. Department, uh, and uh, I guess people liked him so much. Nimoy liked him so much. He made him an associate producer on this. Um, he shaved his head into a mohawk just for this role. Not only that, he recorded the punk song that plays from the boombox. It's an Wait. original composition by this guy, Kirk R. Thatcher, uh, who would know, go he on earned that credit. That Jacob. <laughs> Yeah, he killed it, and uh, he would go on to work with the Muppets a bunch, even directing some Muppet movies, uh, and most recently he directed Muppet Haunted Mansion, which we've covered on this uh, podcast. Wow. Yeah. You know, another <laughs> thing favorite, I think... Not but great. <laughs> no, but yeah. another thing um, that I want to talk about on this podcast one day is the Dinosaurs TV show. 
uh, with yes. Jim Henson behind the. But Kirk Thatcher is a producer on that too. And I'm, when you said okay. that name, I'm like, mm. I recognize it. It wasn't from yeah. ILM. It's from Dinosaurs. That's where I've seen and I that name. Interesting, because I had never heard of this guy before. But I looked into his career. He's done a lot of effects and Muppet stuff. So that probably is the same guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet he's and, the reason the main boy has a mohawk too, Mike. Oh man, that's inspired directly dinosaur. from that scene. It yeah, could be. I bet it is. But, uh-huh. but look up a picture of this guy. He looks like the coolest guy ever. He's got like a beard and like a weird hat that he wears. Uh, what? <laughs> did they get like him again for Picard guy. when they redid that scene? That would be an yes, interesting that trivia. That was him in season what? two of they Picard. Did a, he shows up. Again. I know they did a and reference to that. Boom! Bye. Yeah, it's the same they guy. Hold on. Yeah, hold everything. And Colin, I'm going to blow your mind. Season two of Picard has a callback to this movie that we just watched. Yes, yes, they go back in time to present day, uh, to like 2020. So that guy is the age he's supposed to be. Still a punker. Still riding buses. Kirk Thatcher. And Colin, I'm going to blow your mind a little more. That immediately, please (laughs) do. I'm going to blow your mind a little more. He makes another appearance as a reference to this scene in. The most random movie you can think of, Spider-Man: Homecoming, 2017. Uh, <laughs> what? He's in <laughs> that shot. Cool. So do you remember? So you know the actor Zach Cherry, who's been on uh, yes. Severance now. Yes. He's, yes. he's the guy with a beard. If you remember, mm-hmm. in oh, it's do a Spider-Man: flip. Homecoming. It's the yeah, he's the do a flip guy. In that yeah. scene, there's an old guy with a boombox. That's Kirk Thatcher. In what? That movie. What? Blew so my that, mind. That is just like just a random John Watts just like being like, well, obviously yeah. Star Trek Four is my favorite. Well, it's like Ferris yeah, Bueller, Star Trek Four, same time period. We're doing it, you know. That right. is incredible. I found this all out today. So there you go, like, normies. Amazing. <laughs> Even so, your new Spider-Mans can't help but you know. Yeah, go back reference. and look at that. Do a flip scene. You'll see a guy I'm, standing I'm, there. Yeah, I hope <laughs> that Picard season two that is that guy's three scenes because I want to watch him in a row. Dude. It's like yeah. you, you watch every Peter Jackson cameo and then you watch every Kirk Thatcher cameo. You just there you go. Hell yeah! <laughs> you know the guy, guy eating a carrot. Career. <laughs> yeah. Um. Again, he wrote that punk song that plays on that the "I Hate You" song or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Yeah. It gets, uh, it's a uh, great nerve scene. Pinched. Spock, everybody... Spock gives him the eyebrow. Yeah. I mean, that alone is just And then assaults him with a nerve pinch yeah. and everyone yes. cheers. And again, that scene is based on a real experience that Nimoy had where he was walking down the street one day and someone was like blasting music and he's like, man, I really want to Vulcan pinch that guy. <laughs> so just put it in the movie. Yeah. Nice. What? <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, that's very fun. I yeah. love this Next movie. question. Question number Kirk three. Kirk Thatcher, though. What a G. That's awesome. <laughs> what a crazy guy. What an interesting guy. Um, mm-hmm. But question number three. There was a scene filmed with Savick being pregnant with Spock's baby. True or false? I, oh. I'm ready. God, I, ready? <laughs> yeah. Here's, right. well, here's what I want to say before we answer this. Yeah. Gene Roddenberry isn't making these decisions. Yeah. That's no. what's influencing yeah. my <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm reveal your in. answers. All right. Reveal. False. I fall, I'm with you. False. False. It is False. <laughs> That scene, Thank there God. was a scene God. written, but not filmed, <laughs> oh, where no. Savick was going to be pregnant with Spock's baby as a result of helping him with the... Dry-jacking! No! We're seeing the direct Consequences! You brought that it up, is... and I thought it was just a null point, but they were thinking about the consequences. They had that idea originally, 
as a, like a reason why Savick would be kind of written out of the movie. And then they're just like, oh, that's kind of stupid. Let's not do that. <laughs> is, wow. Is there, because I am so obsessed with his wife on Strange New Worlds, is there a David Marcus equivalent? Is there a, a Spock child out in the universe that I do not know about? Um, hmm. Not that I, I know. I don't think so. He has a lot of siblings that we don't know about yet. Uh, yes. Yeah, so yeah he we're, has we're a lot of so siblings. to talking about. <laughs> yeah. God. The Jesus best one. Christ. I think yes. that scene, I think it was Nicholas Meyer when, when they brought him on to flesh out the script. He's like, this is fucking stupid. Let's not do this. And then once again, he Man, made the right decision. Once again. <laughs> really fucking showing his ass here that he understands Star Trek better than the people who understand Star Trek. <laughs> yes. Um, but next question, let's move on. Uh, question number four, mm-hmm. the, the scene, home. okay. So the scene with Chekhov and Uhura, uh, asking about nuclear vessels that was almost completely improvised. True or false? Okay. I'm going with, I'm locked, locked in. in, locked in, lock them in and reveal. I'm saying true, false. true, false. Mike I says true. true. Colin says false. That is true. Oh, that was improvised. I, nice. I would never give it to Walter Koenig. So there it is. There it is. I'm thinking, uh, I'm, well, before Jacob yeah. tells us the, the reason, what my logic was is second unit, San Francisco, no <laughs> permit, go. Just wandering around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clear oh, vessels. Just, just ask about what, any strangers. Just just do yes. it. And we'll get a real reaction. Are yeah. you That's essentially up? what happened. Go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah. um, I do believe that they were... Those were extras, um, you know, hired by the show. But right, still, right. Still, they're kind of just like mill around and just ask people. And Nimoy liked, you know, it the way it sounded so well that he just kept it in. Hmm. Um, and so the lady that they talk to, or the lady that has a line that's like, "Oh yeah, I think that's over in uh, Alameda. Alameda across the bay." He's like, "I, I know it's Alameda. That's what I said." Yeah. Uh, that lady <laughs> was an extra who. The reason she was on this movie is the production towed her car because where her car was parked was like in the way of filming. So they towed her car. Right. She kind of stumbled on the set and was like, Hey, what happened? Where's my car? They're like, <laughs> Oh, uh, if you be an extra on this film, you, you know, you can pay for your, to get your car out of, you know, the towing place. <laughs> so what? she decided to be an extra on this film and she wasn't even supposed to have a line. She improvised that not really understanding what to do. And then just like, Oh, that, that works. So we'll just keep that in. <laughs> Whoa. And it's like a funny, cute little scene. Yeah. That's and great. even in, and, when the movie came out, she had no idea that she was going to have a line in the movie. So very damn. weird story there. Yeah. And she couldn't even get any sag rate, you know, cause she agreed that the <laughs> no. tow truck fee would be enough. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, what a funny story though. Insane. Like, to know that that was just a lady whose car got towed. That's a very funny yeah, I wish fact. It, I wish yeah. it was like Halle Berry. I wish it went on to be like, you know, like the biggest <laughs> Angelica Houston. Where you're like, she right, got her foot in the up. door. <laughs> that would be yeah. amazing. She just loved filming so much on that one day. Yeah. Um, but again, that whole situation with Chekhov where he Walter Kenning was an inspiration to her. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Chekhov, the cop. A Russian guy asking a cop where the nuclear vessels are. Oh, God. And that cop has such a weird, like, reaction where he just, just no selling it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now um, he would just shoot him in the head. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Russia. Yeah, but that was, that is a funny setup. This Russian guy asking a cop where are your nukes, right? It's, like, yeah. Brilliant. This is 86, yeah, height of the Cold perfect. War, you know, late, late stage Cold War. Uh, but next question. Right. And this is the one that I purposely didn't touch on earlier because I just wanted to save it for this. And I don't know if you guys know about this mm. or not, mm. but 
Eddie Murphy. He was gonna play the the sorry. He was going to play the role of the whale scientist. Is that true or false? Eddie Murphy, famous actor. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, lock him I'm in. I'm ready. Locked. locked in. And reveal. False. false. I'm a false. False. Yeah. That is true. What? That is true. No. Eddie Murphy. Shatner can't fuck Eddie <laughs> That's Murphy. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, he can't well, smooch so on him. Eddie Murphy, apparently a big Star Trek fan, expressed interest in being in this movie. This is after Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, he's like, yeah, I want to be in Star Trek. So they're like, oh, you can play this like whale scientist. And he was like, no, I want to either be in the crew in Starfleet or an alien. I don't want to mm-hmm. be like a current day guy. I want to be yeah. in space or whatever. So he turned it down and he said, no, I don't want to do that. And he made the huh. golden child instead. Uh, what? And, <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Um, but I think the thing is they originally had a female reporter character that was going to be the love interest for Shatner kind of. So they combined those two characters. Well, and just, just made, yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. If they're both women, I could have sex with both of them. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's mm, always right. Put them together. But Eddie Murphy, now, one of the biggest stars of the eighties. Yeah. Do you think he and Whoopi have ever talked about Star Trek? What's that? Do you think him and Whoopi have ever talked Star Trek? Hmm. I wonder. Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder. I wonder. Prominent African American comedians. That yeah. is. Here's the thing. Especially that is the 80s. also. Exactly what Richard Pryor did to get in Superman three. He just talked about it on a talk show, and they were like, "Would you want? You're the biggest comedy star in the world. Do you want to just star in Superman 3? And Christopher right. Reeves was like, "What do you mean star? I'm Superman." Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, that's what Paramount when they heard Eddie Murphy wanted to be in the movie. They're like, "Yeah, that sounds great. Like one of the biggest stars yeah, of the '80s." Beverly come Hills Cop wants yeah. to be fucking in Star Trek. That's wild. Yeah. Um, and, oh no! And, the next year would be Raw, so I was thinking that's like the height of his powers. But that's eighty-seven. Yeah, I just but checked he was, it you know, he sure. left SNL. He was killing it with uh, you know movies at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he done forty-eight hours. Yeah, but I wonder. You know, like you said, uh, so Whoopi, she was inspired by Nichelle Nichols growing up, watching it and being like, I "Oh, there's a black lady in, in the, on the bridge. Like, I want to do that." I wonder mm-hmm. maybe Eddie Murphy had a similar. Thing. I wonder, there was that I whole. Wonder. Did we talk about that last episode when Roddenberry basically just, or no, what's it? Nimoy, someone you know, was talking to Michelle Nichols about how she can't quit because she didn't want to stay on Star Trek. Martin Luther King. It was. Martin oh, MLK King was a big fan. Oh. That's right. That's right. You that was the anecdote. It. It, it's so important to not have a person of color play a non-servant on, uh, yeah. on television. Now, if you and guys, then, yeah, Whoopi was inspired the, by that. If you guys were the biggest actor in the world, if you were Eddie Murphy, even even in the late 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s, you know, the TNG era, when he's not doing super hot, wouldn't you have been like, hey, ring, ring, ring. I'm down to come on as Gordy's brother. You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. like, get me in one episode, right? Even yeah. if you were the biggest, even if you were an A-list celebrity, right? Why, if you just love it, wouldn't you want to do it? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, one way or another, but I guess crazy. there is something like, come, come on, just fit me for a Starfleet uniform. Just please, like, like I don't yeah. want to just be guy in San Francisco. Like, please, can I be That's like a what, real Star Trek th- thing? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, I'm with him. But the other side of it, you know the cameo I love on the other side of our universe in Star Wars mm. when huge actors do the stormtrooper. Like Daniel Craig. I would give anything yeah. if, if I was a huge actor to not even see my face. To put the full thing on and walk around is Daniel huge Craig. to me. Right. Yeah. I would think that's why let me be an alien, right? But I don't want to be just human guy. Yeah, that's, that's a difference. The stormtrooper, you at least get to put the costume <laughs> on. Yeah, that's right, what I'm Mike. saying. That is yeah. rough. I totally I agree costume. with Eddie Murphy there because, like, yeah, if you're a Star yeah. Trek fan, you don't want to play random civilian. Like, you want to be it, in Starfleet or you want to be an alien. Yeah, yeah. And this is what hit me too because we're thinking about this, watching it now. And yeah. when this was made, they weren't going to like the past. They were going to the present, 1986. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, it's so kind of blowing my mind right now. Yeah, it's like it's, when it's Voyager goes incredible. back and uh, Sarah Silverman's there. Right? Yeah, but yeah. the idea that oh, that's incredible. Eddie Murphy would just be his that, same age and self in San Francisco. Yeah, but you to give credit to Nimoy, who's given the pitch of like, hey, you want to really save money on this next Star Trek movie? They fucking <laughs> come back now. We don't <laughs> even like, need to dress the streets. Mean, we're just like, yeah, we're just like shooting it out. Is he's like. Dude, we're I'm fucking second units out there with Koenig. He's fucking saying whatever he wants. Yeah. Oh my god. Towing some lady's car. She she handled yeah, we the scene. We don't even have money for parking tickets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of wild stories about this. Uh, That's so incredible. Oh, sure. All right. Um, we have another question though. Yeah, that was a really fun moving. anecdote. <laughs> Man, these are these are good ones, Jacob. Yeah. Right? That there's a lot of good out. trivia about this one. Yeah. Yeah, this um, is fascinating. So next question, Dr. Jillian Taylor was created because Shatner demanded a love interest for Kirk. Is that true or false? Man, I got locked in. <laughs> Lock it in. <laughs> and, <laughs> and true. You would think so. No, According you can't swear. It's false. That's not true. It's a misconception. According to Nicholas Meyer, that's not true. They, you know, they just wanted to have a, a you know, love interest for, for Kirk because it made sense, I guess. So the two questions Nicholas Meyer must get is Ricardo Montalban's chest real? And uh-huh. did Kirk make you yes. make that woman, make her a woman so he could fuck her? And he's mm-hmm. like, no and no, or yes and no. Surprising answers. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> So it's I like, didn't yeah, anyone to trick you guys. A little bit. They decided on that uh, independently after a, a threatening letter was tied to a brick came yeah. through their window or else, you know? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, Tell no so one. So I don't know anyway. how verifiable signed that is. Chat, signed WS. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. Signed Bill. Okay, C.K. Captain now, Kirk. <laughs> I have not been keeping track of you guys. I have been. Okay. Mike, good. Mike's our scorekeeper. <laughs> And, you know, it might be, you know, this, you know, I'm not biased at all. I'm keeping track, but it is two to one in my favor right I, now. Wow. I okay. believe that. We've got yeah. three more questions. So. All right. Let's do let's it. Let's get to them. Um, so the USS Enterprise that uh, Chekhov and Hura go to the, the ship uh, in this movie is actually the USS Ranger. Is that true or false? Huh. I'm, okay. I'm guessing. Locked guessing. In. Yeah. All right. Locked in. Let's see him. True. True. Yeah. True. Okay. That is true. That is true. Uh, the so actual why? USS Enterprise was out to sea during filming, um, so it was unavailable. But they used the Ranger instead, uh, which was de- eventually decommissioned in 1993. Oh, nice. Now, 
We texted about this a little bit, but of course, we have to talk about the spacecraft um, connection to this. The Enterprise, the the first um, like shuttle, basically, like uh, one of the big ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the title that opens this film, the dedication to the Challenger explosion, yeah. which happens yes. right as this film was coming out. Uh, right as this film was coming out? absolute tragedy. And yeah. yes, and Colin... Did you know they used uh, they actually used Nichelle Nichols in like kind of advertising for the Challenger to like get more minority candidates for like astronauts and stuff. So they Interesting were trying to ex- space like diversify their science. space program. Yeah. Right. Good huh. God. Um, and Challenger was kind of one of one of the first ones where they made an active effort to like diversify the crew. So it's very sad. I mean, of course, it's sad that you know. That Any tragedy like this happens, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Is that one of those stories that your parents have, like JFK? Because I do remember learning in school and my mom being like, oh, yeah, we watched The Challenger. I watched that thing explode. That was crazy. Yeah. It was a little like 9-11, watching it you know, live on the news, basically. Yeah, yeah, because it's a big um, event, this big launch. You yeah, because they were filming the launch and then tragedy it was like strike. a ruptured uh, – it was like one washer on the thing that was like – not properly sealed and that caused the entire explosion so jesus real christ careful. yeah that is wild and it was because yeah. the conditions were colder than they thought and it kind of i guess atmospheric froze. pressure is different now yeah and all so, those calculations matter wow um but yeah it's that type of card is in here yeah and again you know a lot of people are inspired to go do space work because of the original series or you know the dude who invented yeah. the flip phone you know it's like that kind of stuff comes out so totally um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that is true. USS Ranger. Next question. Two this remaining. Is the f- yes, two remaining. Uh, the score is two to one. Still, Mike. Oh, three to two. We both got three it right. And yet, yeah, no um, difference. Yeah. Okay. The first Star Trek. Okay, so this is the first Star Trek film that was released in the holiday season, as opposed to the summer season. Is that Ooh. true or false? Hmm. I literally have no idea. Okay. I'm locked in. Locked in. in. <laughs> Lock them in. Yep. Let's see them. False. That's a true. False. True. That is false. Oh, no. Wow. It's a tie game. Tied up. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's the second to be released, the first being the motion picture uh, during the holiday season. And the reason hmm. for that was uh, largely due to TJ Hooker being canceled. So they were able to change the schedule so that it was released during Christmas time, I guess. So. Yeah, hmm. this has to be like a... a yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I would love to know what what the other big 1986 movies were. Karate Kid. Oh, of course. Karate Kid. Um, I just watched uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That's 86. Oh, um, amazing. Yeah. Again, Eddie Murphy did The Golden Child, which uh, Big Trouble in Little China, they were fearing that was too similar to The Golden Child. Oh, Karate Kid's uh, 84. And I'm almost, sorry. But a Golden Child almost had John Carpenter as a director, Jacobs. So yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Wow. A, give me a John Carpenter Star Trek movie. Come on. You <laughs> we have Labyrinth and Stand By Me. retirement just to do this. Yeah. Labyrinth and Stand By Me. A lot of good movies. 80s. Nice Top Gun. This is, and this Eddie is Munson's playing guitar things? in Illinois when they're on the, in San Francisco. I was about to say, yeah. is this, yeah. this is 1986, right? This is literally where we are, right? People are running up that hill. <laughs> Eddie, yeah, the oh gang's my. going to the co- movie complex to see oh the and, fa- and aliens and Ferris Bueller. There's a lot of so good '86s. Those 
The yeah. other extras in the Hellfire Club, <laughs> do you think before our main kids get there, do you think they're leaning over and be like, man, so fucking Voyage Home looks good, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like in season like, three, they were yeah. watching like Dawn of the Guaranteed. Dead, right? So they should yes. have been watching Star Trek for the Voyage Home. <laughs> God, man, incredible. All right, uh, final question, though. We got it tied last up. Last question. Wow. This one is exciting. And actually, there's a bonus question up. with this one. So okay. Ooh, bonus uh, point. Ready. Bonus point, yeah. Um, so Scotty gives the plexiglass people the recipe for transparent aluminum, right? Or as the British mm-hmm. say, aluminum. Nice. Uh, that is something that exists today. True or false? Locked in. Oh, there's a technology that now exists. Okay, let's see them. True. False. Hundred percent. That is true. true. That is true. Transparent aluminum. Aluminum exists. Yeah. (laughs) What? And the we finally have it for for an extra bonus point. Even though Mike's already won, I believe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This is extra credit. If Colin, if you can, can name the year that it yes, was first it developed, if you can oh, name Jesus. the exact year. It's, I mean, is it not just saran wrap? What is transparent aluminum? It's, I would say. No, it's like a metal alloy you that's can see transparent, through. I guess. That you yeah. can see Stronger through. Than it's got to be like 2018. It's not old. 2018. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Okay, Mike, would you like to guess? I haven't looked it up. I was typing it in because yes. I was curious, but I have not looked. I, I know Sometime I saw, between 86 and uh, 2022. I feel like it's fairly recent. So when Colin's saying 18, Eight, I'm yeah. thinking maybe a little before, like with it between 15 and now. So I'm going to say 17. Mm, okay. 2017. It's a little bit like older than you guys are saying. It. Oh. It was It was originally developed in 2009. 2009. Wow. So the Abrams Transparent verse. aluminum. Yes. All right. Chris the Pine other thing I'm going to Google the minute we get <laughs> So by on. the time Star Trek rebooted yeah. with the original cast, the original cast who introduced the idea of transparent aluminum, we in the real world had transparent aluminum. That's yes. right. If Simon they didn't use Peg that on the set, it. I'm going to be so <laughs> mad. <laughs> Yeah. Mike, congratulations. Thank Jacob, you. Thank congratulations. You. That was a great quiz. That was a really good quiz. There was a lot quiz. of good yeah. trivia about this one. Yeah, last month I was really struggling to come up with some good questions for Search for Spock. This this time, pretty easy. There's a lot of good stories about this film. So. Yeah. So, interesting, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> can, I, can I throw my final thoughts for Voyage Home then as we get out of Please. here? Um, Absolutely. It's, it's back to the Kirk Save point the whales. I'm having. Save the whales. <laughs> definitely save the whales. Um, it's just like, I want there to be consequence, right? And it's, there just isn't like, he's not grieving the loss of his son. He's so ready to just hit on this chick from the (laughs) eighties and then just ditch her in the future. Good luck with your life. Like, see you around. I'm going to space. I feel like she kind of ditches him where she's like, that's yeah. Like I'm going to my own ship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which is like, yeah, you would, you just came from the past and now you're just like, yeah, no, that works for him. I can't be tied down. Like it kind of works out the best for him anyway. Right. You know? Yeah. So he, he's kind of regressed as a character. uh, They met up again, had some dates maybe. Who knows? After but yeah, this. I feel like yeah, I feel like Kirk is regressing. He is not progressing as a character. He is just remaining the same. Like he will not grow up, you know. Yeah. And they don't well, even have think about consequences. Her. What's that? 
Well, just think about her life. Should there, you know, she goes to Starfleet. They're like, well, you're in the special education class. You don't know anything. Right. That's what I mean. No. She gets transported to the future. She's just totally fine with everything. Met. You only yeah. learn trigonometry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, I, I got that 300 I years two. to catch up. Yeah. But she's the probably knows the most about whales of anyone in that time period. Right? When she says you need me on your mission, what did she do after that? <laughs> Well, she's going to look after the She didn't interpret in the, the calls now. saying this is a distress <laughs> signal. She didn't do anything with her whale knowledge. No. She just really wanted to go to the future, I guess. What if her job was they keep the whales in Starfleet Bay and she just has the exact same job where she gives tours? <laughs> I, she gives tours. Yeah. <laughs> and talks about There's the whales. Yes, that that's her life. <laughs> in the same building. It's just 400 years in the future. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my mom's uh, dead. Why did I leave her? <laughs> she literally she never, says, I got no one here. Yeah, facts. she's like, yeah, yeah, she has no ties to the present. You have no friends? She's totally fine, just... Completely picking up her life and going. Well, her friend is Greta or Gerda or whatever the thing. Yeah, the, the whales are her friends. <laughs> George yeah. and Gracie. Um, George and Gracie. Thank you. But Kirk yeah, aside, I thought this movie was very fun, and I like it, and I recommend it. So that's where I land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I think this is just a delightful film. Um, you know, the cast interactions, like you said, that really makes it stand out. The the amount of just great hilarious lines in this i think is better than any other star trek movie one we didn't even mention when uh she's like oh well i guess you're out you're from outer space or something he's like, no i'm i i'm from iowa i just work in outer space yeah yeah i'm from <laughs> iowa i just work in outer space, <laughs> I work in outer space. right yeah. um and again you know I, I see where you're coming from with the kirk thing but i still i just really like that kirk spock dynamic in this one and they get a lot of time that's just the two of them in this one and uh, it's just it's just delightful, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say this is my second or my third favorite OG cast Trek movie. Including third, the two we haven't close. talked about. Yeah, it's pretty close with gotcha. six uh, for me. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So we go so those two, are yet to six, come. four. Flotting three. I was so hot on three last time to give my final... But boy, this one just cements it, this viewing. The the four has to go in at the second spot. So two, four. The evens. Yeah. Um, mm. it's, yeah. But again, that's I don't appreciate that, you know, little rule that people have about <laughs> the odd tracks. Because, you know, we said what we said about that first one. And the third one is just, it's a delight. So don't rob yourself. Um, the first one's just a misstep because it's it's like was going to be a pilot and then they made it a feature and it's it's kind of messy, yeah. right? But you know, I yeah. think the third one definitely breaks. Don't that even rule. consider it. The fifth yeah. one, we're going to get to that. And uh, we're <laughs> oh, man. To- I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little worried now because I've been having things. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's we'll talk, we'll talk. But, I guess you know. to put a bow on my Kirk argument, real quick. It's like yeah. even Please. just looking at the character. He's captain, then he's an admiral. He doesn't want to be. He wants to be captain. Now you're punished. Guess what? You're a captain. Meanwhile, Spock is going through, I am and will always be your friend. He's died. He's come back to life. He has to rediscover himself, right? And his connection with people. Right. Look at the two character arcs. What's more compelling? It's Spock. And that's why I think Spock becomes the face of the franchise. And a little bit of that could have been coming from without. Their actions basically all the illegal things they did in the last movie, they're basically forgiven. And I mean, they did it for a good reason and they were kind of right about it. So they saved the whole sense, world. I mean, you owe them one at least. Yeah. yeah. But his one right. punishment is to be knocked again. back down to mm-hmm. captain, which is what he wanted to be anyway. Uh, 
Of course, we also see Sarek, again, uh, Spock's father, and Spock's yeah. mother, Amanda, played by Jane Wyatt, who this was her last performance before she died. And oh. uh, so we see his human mother. Um, mm. But yeah, Voyage Home, great we movie. We get the closest thing to a Vulcan, I'm proud of you, son, that you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that. He's like, I guess I wasn't a- totally incorrect about you joining Starfleet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What, but what is the line up top? Do you have a message for your mother, Savick, or um, Sarek says? And yes. what is Spock's response? He says, I feel fine. Because in the beginning, I, his mom was yes. asking him How do you feel? the human question, how do you feel? Uh, I, feel I feel fine. fine. And it's so dry, but it's uh, the most it's, human. It's so when good. For Vulcan, it's that's so like, good. you know, expressing your deepest uh, emotions, basically. Yeah, saying, right. That's huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, we have expressed Nimoy, our bro. about this <laughs> wonderful film directed by a hobgoblin. Um, <laughs> if you have thoughts you want to convey to us too, hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us on all our social media. Uh, rate, review, subscribe for the podcast. We like that too. But reach out. Let us know how this trek through the stars is going for you. Are you watching these old movies? Are you watching the old show? Are you watching Strange New Worlds? Um, yeah. You know, I was thinking about it while watching Starfleet. And again, I said that thing up top about how we have Secret Service members right now who are unwilling to speak before a council. And instead, we have this utopian, we have all this responsibility in the world. We have to go explain to ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I like Trek so much now because the times are so dark. So, Normies, if you're not watching it, that's a good reason to, right? Yes. I totally agree with you, Colin. And so much... If you think about it, a lot of sci-fi is very dystopian and I like dystopian sci-fi. It's always good to see like, you know, what if scenarios, things like that. Uh, But like you said, the current times we live in are so dystopian that it is nice to just see this very utopian vision of the future. Yeah. And when you guys would describe it, there is always that thing where you go, well, are you saying no conflict and that's not what it is. We promise. Even even Jacob explaining that there's no quote-unquote villain in this movie. When I'm watching Strange New Worlds and Una, spoiler alert, is taken away at the end, I understand the drama and weight of that because it's so personal to the crew. It's not like there aren't consequences, stakes, action, drama. There, weighty things are occurring. So, I right. again, I don't let that turn you off. I, I would hope you would watch this sh- this franchise because it's it's something to really strive for that's just what yeah. i like i watch it i'm like i just put me in starfleet baby mm-hmm. totally and it's really nice to watch something that's like you know what we could do better as a, a species the human race um we should strive for more and even in strange new worlds uh you see like you know we've made our past that's what's kind of star trek is all about like we've had our past mistakes but we got through it there's another world war in the Star Trek timeline, World War Three, right? But we're going to mm-hmm. get through that, and eventually we're going to come out the other side, and we're going to be this great utopian civilization. Jesus. We're in the timeline right now that someone from Star Trek will arrive soon and yeah. fix it. Like, the that's what we're heading down, right? <laughs> yeah. We're, 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 Cisco's so. going to show up and set things right. Um, yeah. Or Archer Pecan, or anybody else. <laughs> yeah. But you're so dead on with that because it is just nice to, you know, 
kind of dream and and dream that we can do better as a species. Give us something to strive for. Like a, a dystopia yeah. can set up, you know, the underdog story and the rebels versus the power, right? But sometimes you just want to have hope that things will get better. And 100%. if we all work together and treat each other better, they can. And I hope you guys do yeah. that. Be the change you want to see in the universe, <laughs> right? That's because, right. Keep, yeah, keep, keep Trek strange. Um, final keep fun fact. Strange. Yes. Strange New Worlds. Nurse Chapel, lover, right? She's great. In this, we get Magel Barrett credited as Commander Christine Chapel. So, yes, I the totally Cage Una. Oh, when, she's a commander. It, it, she in the council in the, scene, right? Yeah, she was in the end. I I don't think I, I. She was in the beginning in the end when they're standing trial for, mm-hmm. like, for their crimes. She's there. And also, wow. uh, Grace Lee Whitney, who played Janice Rand in the original show. Uh, oh. is also in it but Majel Baird this is her last perfor- last appearance as uh, Christine Chapel. a year later she would start to play Lawaxana Troy Deanna Troy's Luxana. mother in the next generation oh, well. next generation as well as the ship's computer from uh, and she's always going to voice that right okay well yeah, now with anymore. AI she's they dead, can just well they can Darth yeah. Vader it you know they can do uh, it they can I, was I don't know if they're enough recorded that. yeah <laughs> they're, yeah I'm not sure if they do that now but it's basically from next generation through at least Voyager I know that she was doing all the all the computer voice stuff so well, well how awesome that she's just been a presence since the pilot to and until literally she cannot do it yeah, anymore she's like, played many different roles obviously so she's to her. two in the original series looks on to Troy so yeah and they won't let her pervert husband on set <laughs> yeah just imagine from yeah. what he created wild what a series. Uh, what a journey we're on. Looking forward to getting to the fifth part next month. And uh, otherwise, I guess we'll yes. catch you next week. Right, guys? Yeah, that's Absolutely. right. We've been your hosts, um, Colin Jacob. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mike Coy. And this is Captain Jock reporting for duty. Live long and prosper, normies. I feel Bye. fine. I feel Bye. fine. <laughs> it didn't stop. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!